Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. Um, but here's something that was kind of uh, weird to me, not weird, but, but really awesome to me. And it, it, it didn't really click until Ben started to speak about freedom this morning. And he just said, I just feel a freedom this morning. I just feel a freedom. And I knew there was something about that cruise. Like, I, you know, I, I, I believe Yahweh's in all of this and in, in everything that we do. And, and, that he, and that he, even if it's not even something that might be life-changing, he just, he just is there sometimes. He just shows you a little something. And uh, when I, so I booked this, this cruise and the only, the, the ship's name is the Liberty. And like, and I, and I knew there was something to it. I was just like, you know, it, it's just called the Liberty. And I heard a lot of people talking about, and when, when we were trying to, we actually had trouble finding Liberty on the way there. And we got, it, it was just, but we, everything was Liberty, every, all the logos, everything, it was, it was Liberty. And we stayed in room 1019, which is, you know about me, the number nine, 19, 2019, we've talked about and that this is such a, it's a year of finality, that there's an ending of something. And so I'm on this cruise called the Liberty, staying in a, in a room called Finality. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, and I might be stretching this prophetically. Maybe I'm, that's why I said the whole thing about the broad strokes. Just take it for what it is. And I listened to this song on my iPod that, that we, in the very beginning, when we first got seated in this place, it was kind of like the anthem. And it's called No Longer Slaves. You know that one? It's... Um, it, it, I don't even remember how it goes. Sing it for me, Ben. What is it? I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. And it has uh, this part in it that says, you split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. And, and yeah, that sounds good right now. But when I was listening to it, to be honest with you, I was tra- I'm, I'm sitting on this cruise called the Liberty 2019 finality, and, I, and, I, uh, and I'm sitting there, and I start to be brought back to that song. I'm hearing that song played. I'm hearing that song in a time when, in, in very uncertain times, and why that was the anthem, why that, we sang that just about every single Sunday, and I just, I, I didn't have the greatest thoughts. I was like, man, that was, that was really, 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 really tough, but then I thought about where I was today, and I feel the liberty rushing in. I feel that washing. And, and so, I, so I, I, I went and I just started to look up this story again. In Exodus 14, you split the sea so I could walk right through it. And I believe that there's some things in this text that are so relevant to where we are today as a people. Even thinking of the, of the baptism that I was talking, the, the, there's some things that I believe I brought today one of the reasons I feel I need to speak today, one of the reasons I feel I need to share this with you today, however it you know, comes out, is because I believe that Yahweh imparted in me a grace this morning to bring liberty to some situations, to end some things and see liberty come. So the purpose of us being here this morning, the purpose of you making the decision to come here this morning, the purpose of me deciding to be here this morning, how everything lined up to where the trip I was supposed to be on this morning, I'm not, 
it's all purpose for this moment right here. And I believe that Yahweh gave me a grace to bring something to you. Amen. Amen. So it's a good thing. And we should rejoice that we're here this morning. So let's jump into this. See how I want to start this. This is basically, this is so everybody who's called themselves a Christian or something at some point in time knows this story. But I I want to, I'm going to talk to you as if this is the first time you heard it. And I'm just going to, because there's some things that maybe maybe you've forgotten because we haven't talked about it in a long time. But this is where uh, the Israelites are just escaping Egypt, have been let go by the Pharaoh by way of plagues. He finally twisted his arm enough to just say, basically, get out. And they're going, uh, they've just come out of Egypt, and they're, they're starting, basically, their journey. And so this is, this is 14. I'm back up just a little bit because I think whenever I was reading this this morning, it, it spoke to me. Um, but it's 21. This is 1321. And it says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So they've just seen miracles, really, of the plagues that came through. They've seen Yahweh show up in that, right? And then they see they're, they're being led by, a, by a, an obvious manifestation of the Spirit in front of them. Like, we are being led sometimes, and it is way more obvious than we even know, <laughs> but, but sometimes we just we can't even see it because we're so natural-minded so many times that we don't see the supernatural that might be leading us all along. I'm empty. Someone help me out, please. Um, thanks, man. Are you serious? Where are the waters? <laughs> Dude, bro, come on. <laughs> you ask your mom she's always trying to get she, anybody that walks by she's like y'all want some waters y'all, y'all need some waters please get these out of the gymnasium oh that's funny <laughs> this uh the the important thing about the the israelites the children of israel to just bring to light here is thinking about them in slavery and i, I thought about that because there's a when I've studied this, there's been a few different kind of, some people are like, you know, really, it wasn't that bad to be a slave. You know, they had food, there were certain things that they, that they had rights to or whatever else, and then there's some that say it's the worst thing ever. But so the only thing that biblically I can go back and look at is in Exodus 1 when it talks about, uh, it talks about a, um, I folded my Bible here, it, it talks about a, what happens to the children, because that speaks to me the most. And it says in Exodus 1.8, it says, Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And if you see, the, the crazy thing about this story, and I know I'm jumping around a lot, but we'll, I'll land my plane. But the crazy thing about this story, about the Israelites, is the thing that actually was salvation at one point. Egypt and Pharaoh was actually salvation for the Israelites at a time becomes bondage to them. 
Because as I've said before, the only way to remain relevant is to be led by Holy Spirit. And when grace leaves a situation, so should, should you. And so, so that is where he's, he's, he's brought us to things, Zach. Amen. Where were those waters? <laughs> so now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. The reason of salvation is because Joseph was so faithful, and Joseph went through all that stuff, and he made a way for it to be a, a, a good thing for the Israelites at a time. But then there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph, and he said to his people, look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. So here's his mindset, and this is where I think of like slavery, like I don't care if they had steak dinners every night. The mindset of bondage of like, hey, you take, you, if you do this, you're going to work for me, you're going to do this thing, then I'll make it okay for you. This bondage mentality, and, he, and it says, but this is the thing, is there's always something within bondage that's terrible, and it says, look, the people of, the ch- of children are, uh, of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply, and it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us, and so go up out of the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh supplies cities. But the goodness, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. <clears throat> and they were in dread of the children of Israel. So, then this Pharaoh does something. I'm going to skip through this a little bit, but he's he's seeing them multiply, and he starts to fear them. He starts to fear like, hey, these outsiders are becoming mightier than we are. And he says, so he tells uh, the midwives, he says, um, about birth. If it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. So he, there's such rule over these people. And this is where I'm trying to get us in the mindset of what slave, what they're coming out of. And so he, he's so fearful of them that he wants to control them and control their, their abundance by killing off the firstborn child that might be a boy. So the, but the midwives won't do it. They're godly women, you know, that whole thing. And then, but Pharaoh, then he comes in. At first he asks them to do it. Then he makes a command to the people. So Pharaoh commanded all his people saying, every son who is born, you shall cast into the river and every daughter shall save, you shall save their life. So, and we know this is where Moses came from. We know that whole backstory, but I want you to get into your mind. Maybe you have a child. Maybe you don't have a child. Maybe you're too far removed from having a child. Maybe you have a child right now, but you can all understand how horrible, horrific something like that is. To take the life of an innocent child. No, no, they don't have an option. Imagine the fear of the mother who doesn't know if they're going to have a boy or a girl, who's experiencing this joy of, I get to have a child. I'm going to have this child. Please let it be a, oh no, it's a boy. Take that child and throw him in the river. This is what the bondage did to them. 
And it was said that they, that they, many of them died from exhaustion because they literally, from the time that it was daytime to the time at night, and even for punishment, sometimes at nightfall, they would have to work. And they worked, and they worked, and there was no free time, and there was no rights. They worked. And there was even something I read about that even after the whole child thing, they had this, they had this, this deal where they wanted, they wanted, um, they actually encouraged people to have, to have children because it then became property of the Pharaoh and he was able to sell them. So you have a child, give that to me, that's my child, and now I'll sell them into slavery. I'll sell them to other people. This is what they were walking out of. We good? We got that in our minds? We there? Okay. So now they're being led out of Egypt. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pi-hi-haroth between Migdal and the sea opposite of Baal-Saphon. You shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. Which this spoke to me and I highlighted it because I think about we all need to be okay with things being a little bit out there. Because I know in my own life when Holy Spirit leads me to do something, most of the time it doesn't make sense to someone that's looking from an outsider looking in. And I can promise you that about where we are, many people have said, look, they're bewildered. They don't even know exactly who they are. They're wondering. They're out there under a pole barn. You know, what... what get it together like what's happening and i and i've been i've been challenged by those things and i but if you haven't been here if you haven't been here then you do not know you don't understand the presence that we carry you don't understand what what we are and who we are and i just believe that holy spirit has led us to a place that it, that to most would look like bewilderment to most would look like lost but to us, there's a knowing and a peace and a, and a presence that we've, that we've never experienced before. I, I think about a story of one time whenever uh, Eva and I were recently married, and I had just, I started to kind of climb up the ranks in this, in this company, and, um, and things seemed to be good. You know, we were living in a really neat place, and, um, but I just felt the grace leave that situation. I, I knew that I was supposed to kind of go out get out of that situation. And of course, Eva's all, you know, she's, she's all in. She always has been. And that's Yahweh blessed me with her because she has that mindset, not just to be like, let's just jump and be crazy, but I trust Holy Spirit in you. And I know he's leading this, this family. And so, you know, we, we make this decision to, to, I was leaving this company and I was going to try to start a, a company with her cousin in Poland who had something going already. And so I was going to have to travel to Poland to get this thing started and, uh, and I was going to leave a company and we're, you know, we made some money, but we weren't, <laughs> we didn't make that much money. And we're, and so, I, so it was very, it was a, it was kind of a scary time. And I remember the first day that I quit and coming home and the, my first question was, how am I going to afford a plane ticket and our rent for this next month? You remember this? And so, so, I, I mean, I remember just as soon as I left what I knew, I knew, I knew there was a, a pillar, a cloud leading me away from it. I knew it was right there, but I left this thing and immediately fear crept in. Immediately there was a question. And the, I think it was like literally the next day, 
we get a check in the mail from her family. Not, not the family. It was the family we were going to, but they sent it before. I, I might begin the story. Yeah. Yeah, so they sent it way before we even quit this thing, or they knew anything about it, because it takes a couple weeks to get something in. So they just had sent us some money. You know how much? That is from two different people, and you know what the amount was? The exact, and I think it was like, there's like something 75 was our rent, the, to a dollar, our rent for the next month. To the dollar. What you do? <laughs> yes, glory. And I just and, and so I'll get to why I'm saying these things, but I know that there's probably so many points in your own life that if you go back and reflect on, and I think that it's important right now for us to go back and reflect on to see where He led us out of to kind of give us a great lens and perspective of where He's leading us into. And so when I'm sitting there on, the, on, the, on this cruise ship listening to No Longer a Slave and thinking about what I came out of, it gave me such a, such a joy and excitement for what we're walking into. Amen. <clears throat> so then it says, Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army. Hold on just a second. Then who? Who, who hardened Pharaoh's heart? Yahweh. Yahweh. So he leads them literally a stone's throw away from Egypt, tells them to sit there and camp, and then hardens Pharaoh's heart where he had finally just let them go. He finally had just let them go, and now Yahweh hardens the heart of Pharaoh to go, wait a second. Because he sees him as bewildered. And so he sees him as an easy target. And all of a sudden his heart starts to be hardened. And he says, now it was told to the king of Egypt that the people had fled and that the heart of Pharaoh and his servants <clears throat> had turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. Well, I'll tell you, you just got demolished by a bunch of plagues. There's a, there's a reason you let them go. But Yahweh turns his mind and his heart and says, go back after them. Apostle Damon Thompson says this, and I love this quote. He says, there are some things that Yahweh will not allow you to outrun. There are some things in your life, in my life, that you will not outrun. You think you're far enough away from them. You had not experienced them in a while. You, haven't, you, you don't feel that same way, but you haven't quite escaped. And it keeps creeping up, and you're constantly looking over your shoulder at that thing. But what he says is, is Yahweh wants to drag some things into the light or into a room. This is what he says. He says, I want to drag some things into a room. And you walk into that room and shut the door behind you and say, today, today is when I deal with this thing. Today, one of us is walking out of this room. It's either going to be the thing that plagued me and I walked with all my life or it's going to be me. And I'm determined and know that I'm going to face this thing. And look, we are, I'm all about, I don't talk about the enemy. I don't look at that thing. But I do there, think that there are some things individually in our own life that we need to put a bead between the two eyes 
and say, today this thing ends, and I've got the grace to end it. And when it, when it ends, it's not coming back. This isn't something that's far off and might come back, but I've escaped it enough that I'm okay. But this thing is literally going to die today. This ends today. And this is some of the liberty and grace I believe I brought this morning. There's a freedom. There's a liberty. There's a finality to some things. Will we get through this story? Probably not. Um, so he made ready his chariot, took his people with him. Also, he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And Yahweh hardened the heart of Pharaoh king, Pharaoh king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness, which is, <laughs> this is, this is like us, like, this is how, this is me, let me just, I'm not going to slam you guys, I'll slam myself, this is me, I'm bold, I got, I'm, let's go out, you know, he led me this far, let's see what happens, and then let's see what happens here, it says, so the Egyptians pursued them, all of the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, camping by the sea beside those places, and he, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny to me, one of the things that's crazy about this is it was literally the children of Israel. The child, it was mostly children. It was said that it was 70% of these millions of people were children. And I can tell you, I've got two boys. And when they want to go somewhere, I can't catch them. And when I want them to go somewhere, I can't drag them. <laughs> you know, so, so, so just taking you there, it, we're, we're, we're in a place... They're camped out, Pharaoh's best, the greatest. They said that this army was greater probably than any army today. The greatest army, the best chariots, and an angry, ticked-off Pharaoh who, is, who feels like, man, I just, I let all these people go. These are, I'm, I'm getting them back. Every bit of determination and they're coming after you, or they're coming after the children of Israel. To say their back is against the wall is a little bit of an understatement. They done. <laughs> and when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? And man, you can make fun of this story. You can laugh at these people. I mean, you got the, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. You've been led out of Egypt when it was impossible. But every time, and I've talked about this before, when you lead, a, behold, I do a new thing. When there's something new, the old speaks to you. The old absolutely speaks to you and says, listen. I know, you, you tried. Hey, and there's a lot, there's an, I got an out story for you. You can come back. There is, there is, there is a way back to this old. There is a way back to where you came from, and we'll, we'll put a steak on the grill. We'll have it ready for you. You don't have to go hungry. Because there are no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? 
For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, this is in a, a really powerful statement. What Moses says, is, says to these people in a time like this. Do not be afraid. Stand still. We talked about if all we do is worship, if we just come together and talk, if we just sit here and focus on the one thing in our still, there's so much power in that. So he says, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh, which he will accomplish for you today. This, oh man. This should be like a football like speech, like pump-up speech right here when he says this. He said, for the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Yahweh... Yahweh is such a setup artist. He's literally using the Israelites for bait. But he's, he's going to show his glory through a situation and a time for those that can be still and know and not be afraid and not doubt and know in a time like this, no matter what it looks like, he is, he is dictating this whole thing and the plan's already been made. He's sitting up there just watching the chess pieces fall into place. It says, Yahweh will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And then Yahweh says to Moses, why do you cry to me? <laughs> this almost speaks to me in a, in a sense because like Moses is telling the people like, look, y'all don't need it. You're not going to see these Egyptians anymore. Like this is Yahweh's got you. He's fear. And you know that Moses went back to his little campsite and was like, Listen, Lord, um, about these Israelite or these uh, Egyptians, I can see right there, and we don't have a sword, and we don't have a chariot, and we don't have anything to fight them. What do we do about that? And so Yahweh steps in. He says, And Yahweh said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. He speaks in impossibilities. And if you're trying to hear something possible, you'll probably miss it every single time. Because the Spirit speaks in impossibilities. There is, a, there is a road in the wilderness. There's a river in the desert. Should not be, but is. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh, when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. And the angel of God, who went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went but from before them and stood behind them. Not only was there a pillar, there was the angel of God before them, and they're still questioning. Uh, we, again, we can, I, can, I can mock this story and laugh and say, what, but I have been the children of Israel. I have seen every wonder, every sign, every miracle. I have seen my life bring me to where I am right now, 
and I've seen Holy Spirit guide me all the way, and I get faced with fear, and I get faced with doubt, and I get faced with impossibility, and I immediately question it. Don't look at me like you don't do that. (laughs) So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and Yahweh caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning watch that Yahweh looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of Egyptians. Hold on a second. So in the beginning, this enemy that was chasing them first said, look, they're bewildered and confused. Let's go after them. Yahweh says, come on. Now who's bewildered and confused? Now whose chariot's wheels are twisted and can't move in this mud or in this dry, actually, no, it was dry ground. They still could not move in this place. He troubled them. There's another translation that says he confused them. Same thing as bewildered them. And he took off their chariot wheels. Oh, I'm sorry. He took them completely off. So that they they drove them with difficulty. Yeah, that would be difficult. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for Yahweh fights for them against the Egyptians. Then Yahweh said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on the chariots and on their horsemen. So he pulls in the thing that has chased you. And then he makes sure that thing doesn't come out. It's not, it's non-negotiable at this point. And you know that it says like, hey, whoa, 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 okay, the Lord is fighting for them. Let's go back to our house. We'll just let these Israelites go. No. No, because I don't want there to ever be a chance that that thing comes for you again. Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians and their chariots and and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth, while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So, So Yahweh overthrew the Egyptian in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. But the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. So Yahweh saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. There are things that have chased me. There are fears, there are doubts, there are anxieties, there are things that I feel like I probably was born with that come alive in times. And I just believe that today, pick that thing out in your mind. 
because there is a freedom and a liberty this morning, not, not tomorrow, that you and I am going to see that thing float up on the seashore next to me. So I see with my own eyes that that thing, it's not, there's not, there's not a possibility of it coming back, that that thing is dead right next to me. And there is glory in that. Thus Israel saw a great work which Yahweh had done in Egypt. So the people feared Yahweh and believed Yahweh and his servant Moses. I have this written down, and, and it's something that I actually texted Ben this week about it, but Yahweh was speaking to me about in this story about how we as a people have got to come to the place where we move out of results consciousness and into presence awareness. And what I mean by that is, is that the Egyptian or the, the Israelites they see a result, and if you're always looking for the result, if you're always looking for the breakthrough, if that's the focal point, if you constantly are looking to that to be the, the, the source, so to speak, but you, you, you're always looking at a result, then you will obviously need the next result. You'll constantly be in a result. You, you, judge, you judge how you're doing based on the result you just received. But in a presence awareness state... I can be in a place that might seem like a wilderness, but know that the road was paved before me and the road will be paved again and that he is all around me and surrounding me and has surrounded me, will surround me, continues to surround me. And that this whole thing is to his glory, that, his, that your story is his glory. Without the testimony, there is no glory. And so we have got to be okay with the be- bewilderment or seeming a little bit bewildered, or seeming a little bit undone, or seeming a little bit in the wilderness, so to speak. To be still in the wilderness. When we come to a place that the the only qualification becomes I was called to it. Because he told me to. You know how many times I've had to answer people? So many times. People from the outside, people from the inside, people. So how long have you wanted to do, be a pastor? Well, I still don't want to be a pastor, so <laughs> never. What, what seminary did you go to? Be honest with you, I probably read the Bible more today than I ever have. I don't know that, you know, I, I read all that much and was so deep involved in biblical study all the time throughout my life because I never, ever planned on this. But there becomes such a genuine stuff, not for you, not for you to trust me, but for me to trust myself. And the same thing for you. That which you are called to that is your qualification. That's all you need. It's not the faithfulness. It's not what got you here. Honor, honor has nothing to do with following a method. You might be you. You might have used a method. He might have used a method. He might have driven uh, 
brought you to a place by way of miracles and signs, but make no mistake that he is the source. And that behold, he wants to do a new thing. And if you're still focused on trying to go back to the old thing, go back to the campfires and the, the, the steaks they said that they had or that the, there's still meat to eat and, they, and that, that, that seemed good because I can promise you in a time that a wilderness where you don't have grace to see it, the presence, you don't have that presence awareness I'm talking about and you're all driven on results and what you, the old is going to look fantastic. And the only thing you remember about the old day is the good. You don't remember of why you were let out of this in the first place. Dude, they were throwing your babies into the river. Yeah, I might be a little hungrier today, but this wilderness is beautiful, and I see sunsets that I've never seen before, and I feel a presence that I've never, ever, ever, ever felt before, and I feel a purpose that never was there before, and I see a new thing. I see a new day, and there's a reason why I gather, and there's a reason why I see these people and relationships that I've been joined to, and it was to walk out of, out of what was and into what is coming, what is and what is coming. So I... I this morning, what I want to see wash up on the shore for me is I want to see a fear and a doubt. I want to see that thing float up next to me, and I don't ever want to see it again. A baptism walking through the sea on dry, on dry ground. You go through the water to come out on the other side. And it doesn't mean, what well, we spoke it, so we, we come up and we say, you know, hallelujah, let's pray the prayer and, and maybe we deal with it some more, but, you know, hey, it's a journey and we'll walk through it. No, I want, to, I want the type of baptism this morning that brings liberty, that says, as I walk through the water, that what was chasing me before will never be there again because it's dead floating up next to me on the shore. So we come to this place after, this, after all this happens. They get delivered and they see the Egyptians. And this is where I think this is important. This is something, this is where I'm going today right here. Is the next chapter talks about the praise. They, may, they have a song. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord. They spoke saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider, he has thrown it into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. Yes, and it's all beautiful, and it goes on for a whole chapter. It's amazing. If you go back and read the just lyrics of this song and, and think about what they just came out of and, and see how you just can kind of go there, at least I can. But you get to the end of the story. You get the end of the song, I'm sorry, in this chapter. And 22 says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah. For they were bitter, therefore the name of it was called Mara. 
And the people complained against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? And I just, Joanne said something to me the other day, um, speaking of, of, of something unrelated, but she was talking about the scripture that's in James that says, talks about the same mouth that we praise the Lord with, we also bring curse. And I feel like one of the, uh, one of the things about us coming into this liberty, we need to start to guard this. Because one of our issues is we, we fail to recognize who we actually are, what we actually are, and who Christ in us, the hope of glory, and how that thing starts to resonate within us and the power and authority which we walk with. And I don't want to speak with impossibilities one day and grumbling and complaining the next. And I don't want to go back and forth and back and forth. And so when you wake up in the morning and that thing starts to come or you start to feel, you just go ahead and recognize, man, that's, not, that's, that's my mind talking because that thing's floating in the river. Hey, buddy. And I, and I believe that today as we, stop, as we come into liberty, as we come into a freedom, and we come, into, we come into a new grace and a new glory, that it is, it is vitally important that we remember the words, that we remember what he brought us to, that we remember what we were brought out of to be brought into something. And we remember the, the peace that he gave us in times where there should be peace. And we remember the, the way he made when there should not have been a way. And we recount these things. And we start to speak again in impossibilities. We speak like he speaks. We call things that are not into existence in the earth. We are the heaven and earth connection. On earth as it is in heaven. But it's not going to come by looking for the possible natural answer. We got to come to a place where impossibility reigns in our life. Where when you start to think, man, this thing looks bad. This thing looks tough. This thing does not look like we're going to make it through or that he's going to show up. You need to know that that's exactly where you need to be. Because he has set you up. He has set you up to deal with something. And we're facing it this morning and coming out on the other side with liberty. Amen. Y'all stand with me. Behold, I do a new thing. Now shall it spring forth. Let's lift our hands. Receive this. Behold, I do a new thing. This might have been written thousands of years. This is for today. Behold, I do a new thing. Now shall it spring forth. Shall you not know it? Don't doubt that part. Don't doubt that part. You, yes, let me say it for you. You shall know it. There will be a knowing coming that's, that's, that we're receiving today. There's not a question mark there anymore. It's going to be changed right now. You shall know it. You are included in this. Let there be no doubt that he will make a road in the wilderness, that there will be a river in the desert, that your impossibilities are possible. 
but to everyone else, it'll look like bewilderment. Don't let yourself go there. Receive that this morning. Today, today, if you receive this thing, I'm telling you, the impossibilities are possible. And that which you have dealt with your entire life will float up on the seashore next to you. We receive that, Yahweh. We thank you for the grace. We thank you for the liberty. We thank you for the freedom. We thank you for what got us here. But in no way are we in love with the method. We're in love with the source. Amen. You know, at the end of it all, Apostle Ball said, I, let, I listened to, his, to a message in his office before the storm. And I've told you all this before, but I listened to an old message. And his, his whole thing was, just in case you ever had any kind of question about where Apostle Ball stood on this thing. But he said, at the end of it all, when a man is going into the grave, it should be evident that there is no possible way that that man could have ever done this. That it was absolutely impossible. And then in a strong Apostle Ball voice, he said, but God, but God, but God, but God, but God, but God. All glory goes to him. We're not relying on the source or, the, or on, the, on, the, on the, the solution or the people that got you here or the method that got you here. We are in love with the source, and the only way to stay relevant today is to continue to be led by Holy Spirit. And I'm here to tell you today that you are led by Holy Spirit. Let there be no doubt. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org. 